0: everybody it's episode 95 of making it i'm bob claggett here with jimmy duresta
1: hello everybody how you doing guys
0: good and david peccuto hey what's going on hey not much actually something that i didn't tell you guys about that i recognized about today that i wanted to congratulate you on this weekend or this week two years ago was when we started this podcast did you know that really
2: yeah i forgot yeah halloween it was on halloween yeah
1: I didn't. I didn't uh, to me, it seemed like it was two days ago. I have no uh, conscious recognition of time relationship to anything. It's hey, all going wow. out the window. Once you guys hit your late forties, you start forgetting where anything took place in time.
2: Oh, wow. Yay! Yay! <laughs> Something to look forward
1: to. <laughs> it's really actually nice because your brain doesn't work on all this extra stuff. <laughs> you know, like how your computer just hums all the time so it's like busy keeping windows open and stuff. That all just shuts down as you get older. <laughs> The
0: fans stop working <laughs> yeah. and then you're toast.
1: Like if Maybe you asked me when we did, I would have said ten months ago we started. I mean it's yeah. two years. Well happy Pretty
0: anniversary. Well. Yeah. Mm. You too. Um speaking of anniversary, Rise, it's not really anniversary stuff. Boston is coming up, uh making it one hundred episode, live episode celebration party time. That's what we're officially <laughs> calling it. Right? Yep. Is um, it's a long title. Is in Boston in uh, December third. All the tickets we have are currently sold out. That's 200 tickets, which is kind of mind blowing to me. Um, but yeah, so just want to let everybody know that it's happening. We have the location. It's going to be at the Converse uh, World Headquarters, which is
1: really <gasps> cool. Oh my God, we got to make Converse videos. No, we don't. That's the cool thing. (laughs) No, but we shouldn't thank, you know, to thank them. I'm going to make like a pair of Converse snowshoes or something. Ooh. Since winter's coming up.
0: (laughs) Anyway, so that that, uh, event is coming up, and we did post um, on different social network stuff about the hotel discount that we got. So anybody that's coming to the event that wants to get in on that discount, it's pretty reasonable for a hotel room in that area. And the hotel is like a five-minute walk from the venue.
1: Oh, that's cool. I got my tickets. I mean, I got my uh, my hotels booked, which yeah. is something I usually never do. <laughs> I feel like a grown up. Ooh, you
0: remembered, which is good. So your brain is partially still there. I <laughs> <laughs> so am I. Cool. What have you guys been up to? What's up?
2: Right now, I'm working on, I think it's called a console table, but I prefer entryway table, kind of like a little table. Like you walk in the front door, place to put your keys and in your wallet or whatever. I have a live slab that my local hardwood dealer gave me a long time ago, and so I'm gonna use that. I found some uh, aluminum feet at a thrift store or at the antique store a few weeks ago, and I'm gonna use them as the bottom of the leg. So I'm gonna turn the legs and then somehow mortise them through the live slab, and I might, if they're, I, I, I can't guarantee this is gonna happen, but um, kurt vonnegut is my favorite author of all time i pretty much have every single one of his books and i want to display them on the table and i thought about doing a cnc inlay of one of his sayings or one of his drawings like
0: Mm
2: -hmm. uh maybe like and so it goes or or one of his cool little drawings that he did and like a contrasting wood so we'll see i can't guarantee that part but uh we'll, we'll see where it goes
1: that's cool. That's really cool. So I had a busy weekend, actually. Um, uh, Kevin Lazat, who has been up here before to the house, I'm up at the house. He came this weekend and basically gave me a few lessons on using the lathe and the, and the Bridgeport milling machine. He's a properly trained machinist. He's not just a hack like me, just playing with stuff he found in the garbage. So he actually took the time and taught me how to do threading for the first time. And yeah, so making threads on the lathe, which is really exciting, gives me a few ideas. And I started my DeWalt, I'm doing a DeWalt sponsored video, I'm going to be working on that over the next week or two. So I started working on that, and I'm building a bridge across the ravine in the back of my property. So so that's going to be fun. I, I bought a ton of oak, cut oak, white oak, it's crazy heavy. So it was a lot of fun moving all that. So I shot all those scenes today, got my workout in. So that nice. was fun. So that's what I'm up to. And we're up at the house, just cleaning up and organizing, and uh, the the house is slowly getting painted by my friend Mike. So mm. house is looking good. So Taylor and I here just working on the house yesterday and today.
0: Well, I um doing a bunch of different stuff, but the last couple of days I haven't really been doing much of anything, and I want to talk to you guys about that. But before that, um, I let's see what's coming out this week. Um, I made a light, like a a light fixture. So I, we have this, we had this really ugly eighties light right outside my shop door. It was like one of those little can, i uh, just a nasty metal light. <laughs> I don't even know how to describe it. Gross. And so, um, <laughs> I took some of the veneer that I had left over from when I did my longboard, these like 46 inch pieces of veneer. And I found there was a piece of bamboo in there. It was really nice looking. And so I ended up, uh, like bending that into a lampshade and gluing it together. So I have this like circular veneer lampshade and then just built a really simple fixture to go in it and then mounted that on the ceiling. So that's coming out this week. Oh, nice. Um, and then the next video after that has been done for a week. And so I'm like, sweet, I'm ahead. Like last week I had three videos done. That was so cool. And then the next day I went to like, okay, cool. Let's start number four. Let's work. And I'm like looking through my project list, and I'm like, nope, 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 (laughs) nope, nope, nope. And so this is the conundrum. This is where I'm at. I've had a very frustrating few days, and I try not to vent my frustrations too often. But this is kind of weird for me because I typically have a huge list of of things that I, I do have a list of things that I want to do. But usually that list is kind of ordered, or I constantly sh- am shifting it around in a way that there's always something that I can jump on next, right? There's something that I have the materials for, I have the design for, something that I can just move on to next. And so I hit this list the other day, this like free time, hey, I can get started on the next thing. And I was looking at the list going through it going, I don't have time to design that. I don't have all the parts for that. I don't I don't care about that one anymore. I don't want to, you know. Right. <laughs> and, and I spent... Honestly, the entire day on Friday, walking around in circles going like, I got to start something. I don't care about any of this stuff or I don't have what I need or I right. whatever. What I've do you there. do? What do you do when you're in that place?
1: I've been there. Sometimes I just, uh, I, I what I, I started, I talked about this on the podcast maybe about a half a year ago on the back of the door to my workshop. Now anybody that comes and visits me can see it. But on the back of the door to my workshop, I have yellow post-its and I put project concepts on the post-its and any of the projects that get made get moved all the way to the bottom of the door or just pulled off and thrown away. But it's nice to see my accomplishments. So the top half of the door is, is all project potential projects. And the bottom half is all finished projects, or at least projects that I know are fully started or well underway just to get them off the list. And every day I look at that back of that door as I unlock the door and I think, okay, which one of these things. So by having that list constantly in my face and also uh, I, I try to keep a, a little pack of 3M stickets around near me because there are times that I'm like, oh, I remember that one. Oh, I remember that one. Or I'm digging through an old notebook and I see a good idea. I'm really disorganized with everything, including my ideas. So this yellow post-it thing keeps me going. So I look on the back of the door and I I actually had the same experience in the last couple of weeks a few times. And I look on that door and I'm like, okay, now I have like a free block of time to make a video that's only going to be on my channel. It's completely up to me. I don't have to obligate. There's no obligations to anybody. What am I going to make? And I look and I and I look and I was like, nothing excites me, but let me force myself. It's like, I got to force myself on one of these ideas. And I look and I, I I might start working on a new project this week. That's something, it's one of those ideas. But when you think about the amount of time you have to make all these things or the amount, you know, this is our career now, we got to make something. So you just got to force yourself on something. You, you got to, even if it doesn't seem exciting to you, because a good example is this week I did the... Core 77, which is that metal tote with leather sides. And I started that comp- like, I went into that and I realized I, I thought I had a good idea, but I didn't have a good idea. And I started making it and I'm like, Oh my God, this, this is going to be a complete mess. I thought I was going to thread that leather on everything. I saw kind of like Indian style where there's like a big thick band of leather wrapped around the metal everywhere, right, like a big thread that kind of like, like tensioned in the, in the sides. And that would have made it look real hippie-ish and, and I realized I'm going to have to overlap thread over the other side. And there's like where all four corners come together. I'm going to have thread competing with each other. I didn't think of any of that until I actually started to make it. So then I completely changed directions and made it the glued insides. And it made me like the project a lot more. But that's something I didn't anticipate until I started. So I think if you see a project that gives you at least a tingle, you got to start it and then see where it goes. But keep your mind open to taking it in any direction that it wants to go. You know, and like I came up against that hurdle of not wanting to have. I was each one of those sides was going to be have like a one inch a hole in a grid of one inch apart around the whole outside edge and tensioned in a frame with big thick leather thread. And then when I started to look at it, I was like, "This isn't going to make a lot of sense." And so hmm. I changed the direction to kind of a more fashiony thing, which looks more in line of like what Taylor's furniture looks like, which is what inspired me to begin with.
2: One of the things that I've been doing lately. Is I have this list of projects that I want to do, and I look at them, and some of these projects, they just look ordinary and boring to me. And so, when, it, when I get to that point, I'm like, uh, I'm not inspired by any one of these. So, what I've been doing is, I'm like, I'm just going to pick something random here, but like a coffee pour-over. Like, how can I make a coffee pour-over that is wacky and completely different than anybody yeah, else? I take like, the
1: same approach. Like, yeah, how can you make it unique? That's it. Like... How,
2: if, if I wanted, you can't make a viral video, but if I wanted to make a viral video, how could I make a coffee pour over video viral? Like, what's that? <laughs> what's that killer feature? And I have found that when I do this, sometimes I get on uh, these tangents. I'm like, okay, this is that killer feature that I'm going to add to it. And then I start doing some Pinteresting, some Google image searching, and then it takes me in a whole different direction. And all of a sudden I'm applying that killer feature to something else. And hmm. so oh, I like Jimmy showing us his, oh, wow. his post-it board, which is <laughs> really like square and perfectly aligned. Yeah. And
0: <laughs> that's way more organized than I would have expected. That's awesome. Yeah. Oh, thank you. Hmm.
1: Yeah, this, is, this has been a great help for me. and I re- We all talk about how disorganized I always am, and I know it. And that's been a great help because it's helped me compartmentalize my ideas and it reminds me to look at them every day.
0: Hmm. Huh. So kind of both of you are just saying, just pick one that gives you something and then just go on it and see where it can, what it can evolve into.
1: But you know, we all have those ideas where they're like defined, you just say the title and it's already defined, you know exactly what direction it needs to go in. But you have many ideas, which are most of them are ones that need to be sculpted as you go into them. So you really need to approach them with an open mind and you got to ask yourself, is this the right material for this step? Is there some more interesting visual thing I could do? You know, a lot of times, like everyone's always like, make more knives, make more knives. I like making knives, but the majority of the time spent making a knife is standing at the grinding belt. And that's, in my videos, it's only like two minutes of them. So it's like, it's, you got to look for the projects that have some visual stimulation. I mean, you know, that, that, that tote I made didn't have tremendous amount of visual, you know, expanse, it was all on the tabletop and just welding and not too much outside of that scope of view, but you're trying your best to make it interesting. And, you know, if you got to make choices, is this going to look more visual or is that going to look more visual? You know, that's a big part of it for me.
0: Mm. Yeah. I mean, I I realized that like, so Friday was just a really weird day. It was just hard to, you know, I just couldn't come up with anything that I wanted to do. And so I was trying to figure out, why that was, like what was it about the projects that I have on my list that I've put on there for a reason that were making them not interesting or why why I didn't want to tackle them, and part of it, I think is well a lot of it is just me. It's just you know, like I've already done something kind of like that before that would be too repetitive, or I just did something that was you know in my mind too close to that one or whatever, and so that's something I don't know if I should try to part of me thinks get over that. Just do something that's similar to something you've already done. You know, it's okay to do things that are like that. But then the other part of me is like, that's what makes really good stuff is when you don't just fall back to what you are already comfortable (laughs) with and what you've already done before. You know I mean? Like if I hadn't decided to dive into, I don't know, whatever, 3d printing and, and 3d model a prop for the first time, I wouldn't have done that prop that I really, really like, but it was a lot of work and new, and new ground for me. And so, um. yeah so that's one thing and then also I realized in the moment that I was stressing myself out because of the schedule that I've I put on myself You know, for these weekly videos and I, I'm trying to like plan ahead so I can have some time off later in the year and stuff like that and so I'm like putting this pressure on myself that I told myself at the beginning of the year I wasn't going to put <laughs> you know I was like if I don't do one every week it's not the end of the world no big deal nobody else cares I know that it's just me um, but I found myself like you know Putting, putting that pressure there and like, oh, I got to do something. And I'm like, actually, I don't. I don't have yeah. to. You know, I, I have to I didn't put out done. a video
1: this Sunday. And, you know, I, Sunday came and went yesterday. And I was like, oh, wow, I didn't even put a video out. I completely forgot. <laughs> but I just was busy working on other stuff. And, uh, you know, and I have videos on hold just waiting because, you know, clients are involved in whatever. I got to time it with something. So once those are ready to go, I'll just hit publish.
2: There's pros and cons of that pressure, though that pressure is what forces you to make those videos every week and to stick to that schedule. And, yeah. and then the cons, obviously is the actual pressure that you feel and these <laughs> deadlines that you make up, which actually turn into real deadlines that I'm finding lately is cause you, you have a sponsor, you tell them like that video is coming out on this day. They're expecting that. And all of a sudden everything there's, that's the real pressure for me, but I need that pressure. I found since I've gone to this two video a week schedule, like that is, that's really driving me. It's really forcing me to be creative with these projects that I'm working on now.
0: Yeah, I mean, I generally I like that expectation. I like that little bit of force on me that, like, oh, I got to do something because I got to do a video for next week. You know, I, I like that to a degree, and I don't typically let it get to me too much. I think the thing that I'm, I'm kind of running into lately, and I've probably mentioned this before, is that. I've gone through most of the ideas on my list that are easy to do in a week. And so all the other stuff, most of the other stuff is like, these are month or multi-month projects that need to be done. And like, if I jump into them, then everything else is going to be on hold till they're done, you know? And so it's, I'm just trying to figure out how to do those and when to do those. I did find one way to be productive on Friday, even though I was in the middle of this. And this might be helpful for anybody who's listening. Um, I was thinking, I was going through the list and looking at all these projects saying, you know, that one I don't have the parts for. This one I can't really do until I figure out the mechanics of these two things. You know, or whatever. All these big long-term projects have some little thing that I haven't attacked yet. And so I decided instead of trying to produce a new thing on Friday, I spent the second half of the afternoon going between three or four of these long-term projects and like just picking one little thing and figuring it out. And one of them it was like, I need, you know, two pieces of square bar and a joint in this location so that the thing will swivel like it's supposed to. I just hadn't really thought that through yet. But then just sitting down and doing that, writing it down, that one is at least further along than it was before Friday. And so, you know, I did that on like three or four things. And by the end of the day, I was like, well, (laughs) I made progress on something.
1: So it's the way you say, even though you didn't physically do anything, that's a tremendous stress reliever. When you have a few projects, you know, need to get done and you haven't figured them out yet mentally or or mechanically or whatever it is, or where you are going to get the material? Sometimes I stress over a job I have to do. And then when I find the source for the material that I need to use, and then when I order it and it shows up in the shop, I'm like, the hardest part is done. But I stress Mm. myself out waiting, trying to figure out where I'm going to get one inch gator board or, you know, how it's going to get to the shop. I'm going to move my car. I got to go pick it up. And I'm like, oh, should I buy it in Albany? Should I buy it in the city? And then once I just pick the phone up and order it and it gets delivered the next day, I'm like, boy, that was the hardest part of the whole job. The, making the thing now is easy. So, uh, you know, and you physically haven't even done anything yet. And, you know, working out working out some sketches from time to time over projects that have been lingering is also another big stress relief because once you sketch it and you, the hard part is done, now you just got to do it, build it, and that's actually the easy part.
2: Yeah, I think Jimmy just triggered something in, in my head where uh, a lot of times... I don't come up with the project up until the last second. I haven't gotten to the point where I'm ahead yet. And so I'm designing and getting materials on Monday to start the project on a Tuesday. And I'm not sure why I'm I, – what I need to do is I just need to design a bunch of projects all at the same time, get the materials for them as, as much as I can, and then all these projects are just ready to go. And then I won't stress about getting the materials and getting all the supplies and
0: getting it. It's kind of a catch 22 though, you know, because it's like, well, how about I take a week off and design all these projects, (laughs) but then you're not doing it. I mean, you know, you're doing stuff for a week, but from the outside, you're not doing anything for a week or you say, well, no, I just want to catch up, but then you're doing the work for the next week and then you don't have time to design the projects. It's, I'm kind of in that spot. So, what I've done Friday and then um, over the weekend, I kind of snuck away from the kids for a little while and just jumped into Fusion. I actually spent a lot of time uh, in Fusion on Saturday, really digging on some stuff that I didn't have any clue how to do and made really good progress on that. Not necessarily further along in the project that I'm working on, but like an understanding of what I need to do in the project. So, Yeah, I've, been digging, more, I've been
1: digging in quite a bit too and watching a lot of videos.
0: yeah. Did you watch that playlist about the helmet that I sent
1: you? I started, I started watching uh, different pieces of it. I'm not watching it in sequence, but you know, anything I watch, I try and take away something that I remember. And, and it's funny that the veil of mystery and difficulty like slowly lifts when you start realizing, Oh, how to select points oh, how to go into this, how to do this view, you know, it's just completely foreign to me. But as you soak yourself more and more in in the atmosphere and the learning, it slowly, slowly starts to stick.
0: I, this thing I'm working on, Fusion that we talked about last week a little bit, um, I I have photo reference and that helps a lot because it's not like I'm trying to come up with something from scratch in my head. So it I can tell if it's right or not because of the reference photo. That's if somebody's like trying to learn uh, 3D modeling. I think that's a pretty good way to get started because then you can very easily tell if you're getting the result that you really want or if you know it doesn't look like the source. Um, but having that there this weekend. I ended up, so this one part, I made it like four different times, three or four times, I don't remember exactly, using different methods. So the first one, I went all the way through it and got to the end and I was like, oh, well, it looks all right, but I can't adjust it. The way I built it, just, you can't go any further. So then I had to delete it and start over in a way that I could be able to adjust it and modify it. But then I just did it wrong. I just did a bad job of it. So then I started over again and then like totally nailed it. And it's in a way that I can go back and like adjust it and, fix the model around it and stuff, you know, so it was, it was a lot of like throw away time, but now I know how to do it. So if I started over from scratch, it would be done the right way the first time. Yeah. So, but I, I would suggest, cause I saw some people on Facebook talking about, you know, being confused about fusion and not knowing how to start or where to start or whatever. And I think taking some photo reference and trying to match it is a really good way to kind of get the ball rolling there for me
1: mm-hmm. anyway. Mm-hmm. That's what um, they did it with the helmet, with the top, side, yeah. bottom view. Yeah, know.
0: exactly. Yep. Yeah. Well, <clears throat> well, that wasn't the topic. I just was curious what you guys would have done <laughs> in that no, it's, case. No, it
1: happens. We're constantly being bombarded. Uh, you know, whether whether you're whether you run a YouTube channel or whether you're just trying to be an artist, and you you got to come up with stuff. You got to make stuff. You got to keep feeding the the monster you've created, which is you know your your need to create art. And the the more, I say it in my my TEDx talk, the more you input, the more you output. So the more you're curious, the more you go to flea markets, the more garage sales and all that kind of stuff. And just searching things online, looking on Amazon. Hmm. Last night, for instance, Taylor and I went to Walmart at midnight for an hour just to walk around Walmart. We spent $10 on some like pair of socks and some other stuff. But we walked up and down the, the hunting aisle, the sporting goods aisle. The automotive aisle, and just the two of us just inputting. That's what we mm-hmm. do. Just inputting, you know, new products, seeing like details on coffee mugs and stuff.
2: Jimmy, do you think once I don't have a style yet, but someday I hope to have the Petruzzo style. Do you think once you have a style <laughs> that well, it makes <laughs> nothing that really okay, okay a style that really defines you. Okay, as right. far well, as When I work. think
1: of you, Pichudo, when I think of Picciuto, yeah. I think of walnut. I think of clean, square, straight walnut lines. Mm-hmm. And a beer.
2: <laughs> awesome. <laughs> uh, that's going to tie into my, my pick for later in the week. Okay. okay. But but when you have a design style that, that really defines you, do you think it makes it easier to make the project you're working on or the art that you're working on unique? Because you could just take this thing and then throw your spin on it.
1: I think it's, uh, it's sometimes maybe, but I think like in my own personal experience, I think I just make so much stuff in, in my, my life. I constantly make things and I'm comfortable making things a certain way and they come out looking the same, whether I'm conscious or not uh, about, about Mm. that. It just comes out looking the same because the way I talk, it always sounds the same. You know, you develop by repetition, you develop comfortable techniques and, you you develop uh things that that are just going to look and feel and sound the same because you do them so often Mm -hmm. so i think that happens more unconsciously than consciously you know i i do like if i said i had a style sometimes i always try and think of like if i took something and made like a a completely bizarre approach to it like for instance when me and alex came up with the pizza chopper thing with the, the saw there was a video that came out last week i put up where uh me and Alex were in the shop and it's very funny the way that it, none of this was on camera, but we had the, the concept development conversation. And he goes, he goes, Hey man, I want to make something cool. Like I want you to, to use tools to make food. And he goes, with tools, with tools. I'm like, all right, <laughs> let me look around. And I was thinking of Tony Relu's branding iron cause it was sitting on the table. He said, what if we make like letters out of bent wire and you could brand toast cause he makes toast and he makes pizza and stuff. And so I said, what if we make like a set of letters out of bent wire, So you could say, have a nice day on the toast. Or if you make a pair of eyes and then a smiley face, but the smiley face can also go upside down. So we have a brand with eyes and a brand with, with a smiley face. So we could brand <laughs> it smiley or happy either way. And we really were into that idea. And like, that was going to be the idea. And then he just goes, anything with pizza, man? we want to make pizza. Anything I could do to cut co- pizza? And it instantly hit me. I'm like, oh, I have these old saws. Let's just cut the pizza with the saw." And then I had two of them, and I'm like, "Wait, we do this thing," and that was it. And then like the light bulb went off in the room. And so that was the process.
2: Yeah, I mean, you came up with that idea. That idea, and correct me if I'm wrong, because you had the limitations. Like, okay, we're going to do the thing with pizza. So those, that's right. the box that I have right. to work in. And now right. I have mm-hmm. to like. Give and also, we only had like help. two
1: hours because he had because I only had oh, time yeah. Wednesday morning, and he had to catch a plane. So we only had a couple of hours to work. So I said something simple. And, you know, even the, the making all the letters would have taken a bit of a pain in the in the ass and time. So the, the pizza chopper, when I came up with that, I'm like, dude, it's done. This is going to take five minutes. <laughs> so that little conversation took just about as much time as it did to make the thing. But going back to early part of this conversation, like once you have a clear, defined idea, making it is like the really easy, fun part. But that conversation of kind of struggling, especially when you collaborate with somebody between Alex and I, it was extremely easy, but sometimes you collaborate with somebody and like somebody's kind of hung up on an idea that you're not really interested in making. And then you got to be like, oh, okay, how are we going to give a little bit here and there and make this work? Um, like I said, that collaboration was very simple and easy, but the uh, he, cause he didn't really like the branding thing. He didn't want to tell me because <laughs> once he came up with the pizza thing, he goes, oh, this is so much better, man, so much better. I'm like, well, you just... <laughs> I was like, I was like, thought we were done, but then he pushed me and we get to that next step. And then the funny thing was he said, he goes, oh man, this is so you, this is so you. I'm like, is it so me? I don't know. I guess, I guess it is me to like weld two things together that shouldn't be welded together. (laughs) But I wasn't thinking like, this is my style. You know, that just came up because I keep all these old saws around in the event I want to cut one up and make a spring steel knife or for whatever, reason. I just keep them around. Just and those two saws have been sitting there. I bought those when we did the TV show in 2010, so they've been sitting leaning on the wall <laughs> all this time. And the other day, this spark of, of the idea just came to pass, and so that's why I keep all this junk around me. Hmm.
0: Well, you're, you're talking about style. Some of the last video I put out last week with the log bench, the yeah. steel frame. Um, I had like probably 10 or 15 people go, Oh, it's a Duresta style project. Cool. I like it. <laughs> like
1: steel and logs. <laughs> like what? It's
0: log. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Jimmy has trademarked log furniture. But up it's in. like,
1: it's like Mitchell Dillman, you know, like if you ever seen his stuff, you know, I do stuff that looks like his and that looked like his. And he does all steel and log furniture, Mitchell Dillman. Yeah. And uh,
0: somebody, um, so I was going to ask you about this. Somebody said, left a comment, said something like, wow, you have great ideas. Where do you come up with all this stuff? And someone responded to them and say he didn't. It's a rip off of Jimmy one of Jimmy Duresta's stools. Have you made something with that same design? No, I didn't think so.
1: I know made something cause that cause opened up. Because I would have seen it. I, I mean, seen I, it. I made I've made stools. Uh, I I made like an Adirondack style log where I split a log in half and stuck tree branches as legs. I did that on Make a couple of years, and they're rotted completely away now in my backyard. They're gone. So that was a video I made like five years ago, and then oh, four years ago, and then. Taylor and I collaborated, we made, I found an old piece of driftwood and I made like H style things that just kind of poked up through the sides of the piece of wood. So it didn't do anything to the wood except make a little channels for the steel legs to plug into. So mm-hmm. it's almost like they're they're mortised all the way through, but right at the edge. So you see the steel coming up past the edge. And I mean, as far as anything similar, I did that. And then I did this like slab thing, which is just a simple steel frame that holds a slab, but I'm not coming up with anything that's that I haven't seen 500 other people do not literally 500 other people, but I'm not coming up with something that I haven't seen done on the internet, you know, multiple, multiple times. And like I said, Mitchell Dillman's channel is all about cutting slabs of steel, of of wood and, and standing them up on steel. In fact, I'm going to make a a concept. uh, Somebody sent me a slab of wood, a a slab wood company, and I'm going to make a, just a steel frame to, to hold it in space. It'll be a simple build, but, You know, no, no one owns that. And I never made a, I never made a, a thing open up like the way you did. And, and the, the method that you, 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 the workaround was genius. The idea of like, how am I going to cut this log, the top of this log off? There's a mul, there's multiple ways to be able to slice that top of that log off, chisel it out, but you cut it in half. You made your life easier by being able to use the circumference of the saw blade, exactly depth. You know, you had Mm -hmm. the half and the half. You ended up with like a, a perfectly scalloped negative space in between the, the two halves you glued back together. So yeah. it was, was a good making workaround.
0: Sure, making sure that I wasn't totally ripping you off.
1: No, no. And the <laughs> and, idea.
0: And, like subconsciously, you know, I mean, that happens because we all watch each other's videos and stuff. But.
1: No, no, not. And I, I never did anything like that. Cool. A, a piece of wood on steel legs. Like I said, that's just, that's like saying, let's go for a walk. Oh, you can't walk on that street. My friend walked on that street once. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> You'll be stealing his idea by walking down that street. That's pretty good.
2: I made this clock video uh, a few weeks ago. And you can't
1: make a clock with numbers on it. Somebody else. I made a clock it. a no. long
2: time ago. You can't do that. <laughs> no, fine. I, I don't can't clock. use
1: orange. I got so many comments <laughs> about Bob, and I like.
2: To mix. I'm not allowed to of use course.
1: orange now. Of course, Bob uses orange. You know, about yeah. his orange. Oh, man, so I've, I've, I've painted everything orange in my shop black.
0: <laughs> cool. Well, do
1: we have a topic this week? Well, Did we
0: have like a real topic, or was it?
2: The topic that I had, now that we're three quarters of the way through the podcast, is the <laughs> pros and cons of working alone. And It's funny you should bring that up. Yeah. I mean, we, we did talk about that a little bit ago, where Jimmy said the the back and forth with Alex, the, the French cook, <laughs> made. came up with that concept. And I really, really enjoy working alone, um, but one day a week, I have somebody here with me. And I also really, really enjoy bouncing ideas off of each other. And it makes me more creative. So I, if I come up with one pro and one con of working alone, the pro is there's nobody else there to shoot down my idea. The con is there's, there's nobody, nobody else there, 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 to there to shoot down <laughs> my <laughs> idea. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Huh.
1: Well, there's 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 various ways of working with and with you know there's collaborating on ideas and then there's moving heavy stuff which I always find myself <laughs> moving heavy stuff a lot <laughs> and then yeah. in one of my one of my uh, vlogs a couple of weeks ago I had to move this giant box I, did I talk about this on there I don't remember where uh, this box I got a, a plasma table from from Lincoln and the, the delivery guy called me from Ohio and he goes it's it's really big you got something I go just bring it here we'll figure it out And he came here. I had absolutely no way of getting it. I I had an idea, but he looked at me like I was nuts. We were going to slide it off his truck and then right onto the bed rails of my truck, the height of my walls of my bed. And we were just going to slide it right onto my truck. And then I was just going to figure it out later when he left. I just wanted to let the guy leave. I didn't want to have to hold his life up. And we, and then the, the thing was on, the pallet was on two by fours that were running exactly in the same direction as the bed rails of my truck, which happened to be the exact same width. So I would have had to slide the two by fours out and keep them exactly on the bed rails with like one inch to spare on either side. (laughs) (laughs) When I looked at that and then I was like, I was going to go get steel rail. Like I was going to go get steel so that in case it did slide, it wouldn't fall completely off. I had, and, and he was just looking at me like I was nuts. And then the guy from Lowe's pulled up and I was like, Ding, what, ding, ding, ding. <laughs> what
2: crazy timing. You talked about that yeah. in your vlog. Like, that's yeah, yeah. He
1: just showed up and he was so nice. And he's like, wherever you want this, just tell me. But working uh, uh, physically alone is difficult. And so now I'm getting another big machine. So I called up the delivery guy. I said, look, I know it hasn't gone on the truck yet. I said, I just want to make extra sure. It's just me, maybe, and my girlfriend. I said, I don't have a forklift. I don't have a, a bed. I don't have a, a loading dock. He goes, don't worry. I got, I got you covered. I said, okay, cool. I just want to make extra sure that I'm not stuck on the side of my road here again. So working alone like that is difficult. And I just drove. So yesterday I had Anthony, uh, who's a friend, a friend who came up to the house for the weekend. Anthony and, and, um, Anthony and Kevin were up yesterday and we went and got a bunch of oak to start this bridge project. And they helped me load the truck and helped me actually shoot some video. They were doing some of the camera work while I was busy doing my thing and, so they're gone today, and so today's Monday morning, and so I wanted to unload the truck down in the field where, where I'm gonna do the build. And there's a six by six by twelve foot long piece of oak. And I went to I put my own hands around it and I went to drag it off the truck and it didn't move. My gloves slid down the piece of wood. Oh no. <laughs> I said, Oh my god, I gotta move like five of these. And they're twelve feet long, so it's hanging off the back of my eight foot bed by like another four feet. So I, I picked it up and I flipped it around the best I could. I kind of wiggled it off and got it off. But that was the very first one I grabbed when I went down to the field this morning. I was like, oh God, I just wish I had somebody here helping me. But I was able to unload the whole thing and you'll see it on camera. But the um, doing stuff like that is is, uh, is is obviously sometimes dangerous and sometimes not fun. But collaborating, and I'm bringing up, a am leading to something. The other day, Dave really spent his first couple days in the shop since like April, Dave Welder. And right away, we started collaborating on a on a new ice pick video, because I'm selling the ice picks that are made by my friends in China, and they're considerably cheaper than the ones I make by hand. But I wanted to make a video where, so, so it's Ice Pick Uses 3, the Chinese version. So we we're trying to come up with all these things, these like versions of using the chopsticks, like with a little bit of like, why are they from China? And... We came up with so many funny ideas, just kicking back and forth and just like brainstorming and being completely hilarious and completely stupid and going back and forth and having a huge laugh. Um, we we had a lot of fun. So, I mean, that was something that I missed, Dave being around as much as uh, I know he used to be. And now Dave's got his shop going, so Dave isn't coming around as often. Hmm. But uh, that day we kicked around some funny stuff. So we're coming up with the uh, uh, ice pick uses number three. So we working on so that was like one of the first times in, in a long time that me and Dave got to collaborate, so that was a lot of fun kicking and I wouldn't have come up with half of those ideas if Dave wasn't there to bounce them off of because he takes them and re, re you know regurgitates them with a, with another funny spin on them and so it does help to kick ideas back and forth
0: the only time I have any kind of real collaboration or like um the kicking back and forth generally is the guy that's my editor. When we go to lunch, I'll have that kind of back and forth with him, but it's not really about projects as much as it is about general, like ideas, you know, like show ideas or overall like branding stuff or like, where can we take the website? It's bigger non-project stuff, which is fantastic because he's really good at all that stuff and just has a totally different uh, spin on things than, than I would if I was left to do it all myself. So that's great. As far as projects, the only times I really have the opportunity to get other people's input is from my wife. And she has tons of really good ideas. She's She is someone you can say, like, I need a project, and she'll spout off ten things just like that. I mean, it's tons of stuff. Mm -hmm. They're not all things that I would necessarily want to grab and, like, they don't catch my interest and stuff like that always. But she is someone who can kind of get – stuff started right she can say like okay well we need a a stool think of a cool way to do a stool you know like a step stool um and it's like general enough in that way that it can get me kind of rolling on an idea and that's been really helpful but you know i don't have somebody like actually in the shop with me helping me like figure out individual things i could see that being good in a lot of ways but i could also at least for my personality see that really getting old like, have you, when you guys have had people in the shop with you, do you ever hit that point where you're just like, okay, I just, I just want to work by myself now. Do you ever get yeah. that? Or has it always been? Uh,
1: absolutely. I get that for sure. Hmm. Yeah, totally. I, I mean, I used to have a, a, my, when I had my little prototyping situation with my brother, we had so many people working there and, you know, coming and going and freelancers and stuff that when I had the opportunity to finally work alone after like everything blew up, I talked about that a couple months ago. I was like, I, I'm so happy to just be alone. And Dave was, Dave was like unencumbering. And so Dave was a perfect fit. One thing I, when I do hire somebody to hang out and work with me, when they talk a lot, it drives me nuts. Because even if they're just chit chatty, I can't freely think. And I can't freely like let connections happen. And so if they're filling up my free thinking time, with just like, Hey, what's the best place to get a pizza around here? Or, Oh, do you always use this kind of wood? I'm like, You got to just keep your mouth shut, go with the flow. If you want to hang out, just go with the flow. And, um, you know, so from that perspective, it is really nice to to have silence and, you know, just put on a podcast and just veg out and try and think of new ideas.
0: And I would expect that if you're hiring somebody, we've talked about like when to get help a few weeks ago. If you're hiring somebody, I think setting the expectation for that up front is probably really good. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, rather than having to a few months down the road going, go, look, you talk a lot (laughs) and and I need to, I mean, it might be better just to say like, look, here's how I'm going to work best. You know, I think this will make it more comfortable for all of us if you just, (laughs) yeah, if you keep your mouth (laughs) shut the entire time. No, no. If you just say like, you know, (laughs) we need to have some quiet so that we can think about what we're doing and blah, blah, you know, whatever. So I think if you are looking at bringing somebody in, setting that expectation Up, (laughs) (laughs) or you can just make a sign that says "shut up" and put it on your wall.
1: (laughs) I I, joke, me and my sister—that's the joke me and my sister have, which is "shut up" when you're around somebody that doesn't stop talking.
2: (laughs) I think for me personally, I'm still in that new relationship phase where it's just like we—we get when Eric shows up on Tuesdays, we're excited. Our personalities work really well together. Like Mm. we're—we're constantly like cutting each other down which doesn't make it on camera which i might we might bring a little bit more of that in but the 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 play and the banter back and forth just makes it so much fun the quiet times does happen when i need quiet times um i basically just say hey i'm gonna go upstairs and i need to just have time on the computer to figure this design out or, or whatever. And so he's always aware that there's going to be times where he's just not working. And, and I like, Hey, go do your own thing. I need to figure this out. That happens quite a bit and it works out and it just works out really well. We just go in separate rooms. I, I figure the thing out. We meet back up and get, get back on the horse.
0: Mm-hmm. You got ride a horse together. That's
2: awesome. Yeah, we do. It's uh, <laughs> cool. it's, it's, it's awesome. It's
0: a two-seater <laughs> T- tandem horse.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: we have anything else about working Bob, you've
2: worked alone for a long time. Cause even Mm -hmm. when you work for Dell, you still worked alone. So don't, don't you ever miss working in that office environment where you get to have fun with other people, go out to lunches and and do all that thing.
0: Well, I mean, (laughs) the only thing I miss about being in an office is playing ping pong with my friends, honestly. Um, in our office, we had our conference table. We built it so that it was also a ping pong table. It's the same size and we could like put a net up on it real quickly. And so we would go play that all the time. But even when I was working in an office, I would keep my door shut as much as I possibly could. And I would have meetings with people when I needed to. And, you know, but most of the hangout time was ping pong or at lunch. And I still go to lunch with people on a regular basis, you know, a day or two a week, I'll meet up with people and Um, I've got a bunch of other friends here in town that are also self-employed, so we usually can kind of set something up. (laughs) But, I mean, yeah, I've been working by myself for, like, almost seven years now. And, you know, that's probably – let's see. It's not quite as long as I worked with – in an office setting, but getting pretty close. So this is basically my norm at this point. I think the only times I really feel it is – when I hit, which doesn't happen very often, but when I hit these times like this weekend that I was talking about where I'm just kind of like spiraling on, I don't know what to do. I'll, maybe there's something over there. I'll go over there. Oh, well, there's nothing to do over here. Uh, maybe I'll go over there. You know, I just walk around in circles in the shop going like, there's got to be some way I can be productive and I just am not. And so I think having somebody there just to be like, here's a random thing that you could do, or here's, you know, something out of your headspace. That would be cool. That doesn't happen to me so much, but it would be nice.
1: I, I was just going to say a little something about working alone physically and, you know, cause I'm always finding myself trying to move something heavy like I talked about. I, I, I just, little word of caution to anybody listening is that you, you always have to be careful. I tell Taylor because lately she's been staying at the house for a couple of days at a time without me. And I say, don't climb ladders or anything when I'm not there. I know if she's very ambitious. She'll start playing around with hanging lights or whatever. And I say, God forbid you get yourself in a situation where you're not near your phone and you need help. So. When you work alone, you always have to kind of stop for a minute and say, okay, if I become incapacitated for some reason or another, will people know where I am, how to find me? Can I reach at least a cell phone? Keep a cell phone in your back pocket. You know, you you hear these horror stories about people when they get, you know, you might get your hand trapped somewhere and no one knows where you are and you can't reach the phone. Yeah, stupid stuff like that. Or even worse. So just a little word to the wise about working alone and being careful.
0: Yeah. That's a, that's a really good point. I mean, and it's not always the case that you're going to be like away from people, but like when I'm in my shop, even though my family is on the other side of a door, there's all sorts of noise that goes on here. And then there are long periods of quiet where I'm on the computer or something. So it's like, there's a bunch of variation that they may not know if I'm quiet for a really long time could mean that I'm knocked out or something, but they wouldn't know that. So it's not even about being off by yourself, like at a farm or at a shop it's just having constant communication with somebody so they at yeah. least know when to check on you when you're not yeah
1: me i well with, uh, between taylor and i even when i'm in the city at the shop and she's at the apartment a few blocks away we always text each other hey what's up what's doing you know just to say hello just to keep you know make sure that for the exact same reason i mean it's not really like it's it's not the the above overall reason but you know it's, i haven't heard from her yeah. a couple of hours let me just see what she's up to or vice versa yeah so it's a good call
0: um so, I wrote down something because we haven't done this in a little while and I thought it would be fun. We haven't done the Today I Learned in a while, oh. which I noticed. And the reason I thought about this, <laughs> Jimmy Fallon ripped us off. He did? What? He did.
1: He's got I, a Today I Learned. I mean, second?
0: it's got, yeah, he did. And it's got to be us. I mean, he ripped us off. Right. Because so we it's have our 100 idea, episodes obviously.
1: and we're two years old. Yeah, yeah. old. yeah.
0: Come on, Jimmy.
1: Yeah.
0: Oh. <laughs> That Fallon guy, right? Um, no, so, <laughs> so I, yeah, he did have a segment the other day called Today I Learned, and it was a bunch of jokes, you know, from different people on the stage and stuff. But it reminded me that we hadn't done one of those in a while. Yeah. Do you guys have anything new that you've learned? I've got something yeah. I can start if you want.
1: Yeah, go. You start. I have a couple of. Okay. All right. So I was using formulate. SketchUp this
0: morning. I uh, was still kind of in my funk about, like, I don't know what to do. So I just started designing a project this morning. When I've done uh, things in the past in SketchUp, I always, even if there's like a curve, like a, a chamfer or a any little detail like that in a joint or in a in an angle, I'll usually just do it squared off and just realize when I'm actually going to be cutting the piece out, I'll curve it. You know, it's like I never really looked into how to make a curved uh, corner or something in SketchUp. And so t- today I was working on the design for a tabletop or like a bar top arcade. So it's a small arcade that will fit on a table that would be portable. And part of the sides for that needed curves so that when you put in the T-molding, that rubber molding that goes around it, that works much better on a curve than it does on an angle. So I was like, okay, I'll go back and actually figure out how to put in curves. Turns out it's like super simple. I built the solid and then on one face, there's a, a curve tool, that you draw two points, so you grab, like, um, you have two lines, you put a point on each one of those lines, and then you drag where you want the center of that curve to be. And then that draws it on one face. Then you just push that through to the thickness of the material, and then you have a curved piece. And it's so simple. <laughs> <laughs> it was just one of those things I never looked, you know, I was like, I don't need to do that. Never looked into it. Way easy. And it makes, you know, it makes your model look far more specific and, like, intentional than it was sure. Was. There's so many yeah. things
1: I avoid just because I haven't taken the time to learn them. I just work around it. Yeah. How many times have you tried to rewrite a sentence because you can't spell one word? And you, <laughs> you don't have a spell check.
2: Yep. <laughs> huh. It's
1: the same thing when you, we design through these programs. Like, there's so many things in Illustrator that I don't know how to do, and I don't know what I don't know how to do until I realize, like, oh, I want to do this, but I have no idea where to begin. And if Taylor's not around because she's really good at Illustrator, and I don't have the time to look it up on YouTube because it always takes you down a wormhole and never gets you the answer. <laughs> I just figure out a new way to do it. So I learned something yesterday, which is completely off the topic of designing and building. I have the chicken coop in the back and Jocko saw a rat when he was here. He's like, you got a bigger rat than your barn. And I knew it was there because I saw him leaving evidence. And I thought I had one rat that I might've brought up from New York city in the frame of my truck. Cause they climb in the frame of your truck in the lower East side. So I thought <laughs> I had nightmare. one rat. Now I got like six rats or seven rats. Since I've been up here for two days, I caught four of them in traps. So what I learned from my friend who mills my wood, he told me, he goes, anytime there's chickens or, or farm animals, you have rats. He goes, they're all from up here. He goes, you didn't bring them from the city. He goes, maybe you brought one. He goes, but you didn't bring all of them. And so I did not realize that. I thought like I invested my own barn with my little tiny barn. With rats from the city, but he said, nope, they're, they're from up here. And I have Hmm. little tiny field mice, which are like the ones that climb under my shirt. And then I have the rats that like know where the good food is and they hang out in the barn. So I didn't know that. So now I have like a rat problem. So are they getting in?
0: Are they getting into like your feed and stuff?
1: Yeah. Yep. yep. Uh, The other night, me and uh, Kevin were working really late and I just walked out around the outside the shop because we were actually working at the lathe, which shares the wall with the chicken coop. And I hear scratching, and I go, what do you think, chicken or rat? He goes, it's probably a rat. So I took the flashlight, and I walked out and around outside, and I put the light on it like a surprise attack. And there was like five rats eating. Did you ever see that famous picture of, of India where like all the rats are eating, drinking milk around the side of a bowl? what hmm. so they were all like in the, the food trough. They all ran away when the light came on. But yeah, so I learned that I have barn rats. They're not just New York City rats. To-
0: you gonna try to get rid of them, or is it just kind of like a fact of life up there?
1: I'm just gonna make a bar- I'm just gonna make a rat coop and just put rat food in it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> nice. Raise no, rats.
1: I, I'm gonna try and get rid of them. <laughs> like I said, I've already got four, and that's a kind way of saying I've already killed four in, in rat traps. <laughs> hey, if they didn't eat the chicken food and they went and did their own thing, I wouldn't have to kill them.
2: Today, I learned the hard way. <laughs> that you need to label all your pieces when you use a router jig. Uh, so this didn't actually ah, happen yes. today, but when I used the router jig to make those crates, those record crates, uh, you have each piece has to go in a certain way and on a certain side, depending. And I did not label everything correctly, and I had yeah,
1: going opposite directions. Yeah,
2: <laughs> I had just enough material to make two crates, while well, I messed up two boards. And so that put me a whole day behind because I, then I had to go and get some more wood and then glue them up because they it wasn't wide enough for the panels and then do it all over again the next day. So label everything correctly. I always use
1: blue tape when I when things need directions and and sides to be remembered. Mm-hmm. I always put blue tape on everything.
0: Yep. Well, you like you put tape on the two sides that need to match, or what? yeah,
1: this you know any side that is like a face side or an inside. And typically, the face side that I need to know where it goes. I'm always having it face with tape when I need to remember anything. And that comes in, that comes in really important too. If you're trying to make like a a facade of a draw, for instance, and you want to make sure the grain matches all the way through because you build it and then you get right down to it and you've made one draw upside down and you like kill yourself because you spent the whole day making sure that the grain pattern matches because you cut it out of a sheet of plywood. Or when you make a box and you want the grain pattern to go around the box, you know, so it's really important to, to, to put blue tape and mark it right on it. Like what goes where?
0: So totally unrelated, kind of related. Um, (laughs) I was, I'm working on a design today. That's essentially a bunch of boxes that are kind of wrapped together. Everything's made of a box, but I was thinking originally of using plywood and most of the ways that I could lay out these panels to get everything laid over. There was always going to be an exposed edge and I thought, well, you know, I could get some banding and cover all of this one side of this entire, all the faces or all the edges with banding to try to hide that. Or I could cut out all other pieces of wood and make like a face frame to put over it. Do you guys have any other ideas for how you could make essentially a box out of plywood and another way to do it where you don't have to use a face banding?
1: Is there something yeah, I'm not thinking of there? Yeah, you, there's a, uh, Rockler probably has it. Um, there's a router set, which puts the groove, I'm gonna just draw it, but we could probably put a link in it. it a lock mitre? Uh, it it gives you um, like a, a, you could do a piece of wood, I'm not drawing it correctly, but you could set up your whole piece of wood so that your plywood has the groove in it and then all your hardwood has that on it. And you basically prepare all that wood before you cut your box together. So you prepare like a long strip with hardwood edges and then you chop your box up and you fold your box all together. Then there's obviously all various ways to join the edges of the of the plywood. You could do a bevel so it doesn't show. But mm-hmm. yeah, it's like a, what did you call it, David? A, a, a lock? A lock router, miter? Boy? Yeah, yeah, a lock miter. That's one way you're doing it for sure. They but look, um, hmm. the reason that you the reason you would router that edge of the plywood and Bob's thinking I'm not doing this at all. The reason you would router the edge of the plywood is <laughs> is so you have more glue surface. So if you just glue a strip right on it. You have that much glue surface, but if you have a router, like a zigzaggy shape, oh, you have more right. glue surface, so it's more durable. But you could router the hardwood and router the end of the plywood, and then you have a cap, basically. Hmm.
2: Another way, possibly more simple way, is um, just do mitered corners, but with a spline that runs all the way through. So yep. you, you just run uh, you know, like a little slot cutter on your router at a 45-degree angle, cut along both sides, and then run a thin piece of wood in there.
1: Hmm. So if you okay. were talking about making a joint with plywood, which is, I didn't really answer that question exactly, but another way that I do, I've made like oak cabinets with oak plywood. And right at the corner, I put a piece of three quarter inch square and I put finger joints going, I put domino joints going into one and domino joints going into the other.
2: Oh, that's kind of cool so, too.
1: So that, that this way you don't have to cut miters and cause whenever I cut a miter joint, I always end up splintering some of the veneer and I lose it and I, it doesn't come. So This way you have a hardwood edge in case it takes a beating, because I did that for some mobile bars. So I was going to take a beating. If the edge gets hit, you're not going to lose like a chip at the corner of that miter joint. You're going to hit some real hardwood. So you have like a full three-quarter by three-quarter inch piece of hardwood and the plywood intersects it from both sides. Sorry, I dropped my mic.
2: I like that idea because it also gives you more design. Hmm. You could have that set proud a little bit. So it adds that little
1: element of design. Yep. And then you also have, again, a piece of hardwood you could put a round over on it or a decorative router edge. Hmm.
0: Okay, cool. Gives me some ideas. Um, You guys been watching anything cool? Anything new? E-
2: yes. I'm not, maybe we've mentioned him before. If so, I don't care. We're going to <laughs> give some attention to Four Eyes Woodworking and Design, Chris oh, Salomon. Yeah. I love, love, love his work. He is watching him do his builds. It's He's mostly out of walnut, but he does these awesome angles. And just watching his builds, I'm like, I need to put more non 90 degree angles into my projects. So, it's, <laughs> yeah, I find it really that inspiring. That is your
1: style. Remember, I said it? Square, I know. I, I know. So you Did you see the video the
0: he put out recently about how he gets really precise non 90 degree angles? Ah, that it's, doesn't sound familiar. It's really simple, and I can't remember it, but I remember watching it, going, "Wow, that's really simple." Um, so he has a good one to point out how he does that, like you know, efficiently get these these kind of weird angles that always match up and stuff. But yeah, he's he's got great stuff.
1: I'm gonna bring up uh, Brian McCauley because he 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 made a funny video where he he basically distilled my f- stupid saying of "from the streets of New York" <laughs> in a video. So and also he's a a very good builder and designer. Yes. Brian McCauley. Check out Brian. And he's going to be up at Boston, right?
0: Yeah. He's on the uh, Dusty Life podcast. He's one of the hosts of that. And so he'll be there with the other guys. Toth. Cool. And Sean Urbino. Awesome. Yeah. Um, oh, speaking of, before I say mine, um, I just thought of this. For Boston, I think that we haven't talked about it. I'm throwing this at you guys. I think we're going to do like a live podcast, like a normal show, and then do a Q&A after rather than doing them at the same time oh, cool. so i think it would be cool to get people's ideas on like the topic not Off not just live. not give us questions not like a whole bunch of questions but like a topic that we can cool. talk about for the live show so if you have those for us that we think we should do uh tweet them at us that'd be cool
1: yep that's cool We'll get a live audience reaction to what we talk about
0: yeah it'd be fun um, so for my pick is um, I think I've mentioned him before, Indiana Workshop Jones. Have I mentioned him? Hmm. Maybe. Well, he's he's been making videos for a while, and um, <clears throat> they are. I just watched the one that you put out a couple of days ago because he did a bench the same I think day or day after that I did one, and so you know we were talking about that. Did he copy me too? <laughs> yeah, totally. He was like this.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> get a, get it's, it's actually a stuff.
0: really cool bench that you would dig there's because it's um there's some like forging in it and the slab and it's really cool Damn, but I have his an video idea for
1: forging i guess i can't do it now.
0: Hit, that's right it's been done <laughs> that walking um yeah but uh his videos are very like they use really cinematic music like action movie cinematic and he does a really good job making the videos. They're just really cool. It's like a, a kind of unique style for um, what is essentially what a lot of other people are doing. A lot of us are doing, you know, making the same types of videos in general. But he has a very kind of unique way to do it. So and I was looking at his channel today because I've seen several of his videos. And I think he had less than a thousand
1: subscribers. And I was like, that's not right. This guy needs <laughs> more because he's like good. That. Yeah. You, so you know, go subscribe. You just reminded me of something which I could talk about here, but it's, it hasn't been a big, a big, big uh, deal. But I heard, it, I saw it come up a couple times in the comments last week. I put out a video with Make Magazine last week where I made these picture frames, and they're burnt. And toward the end of the video production, while I was working in my shop, my friend was grinding in the other room, and so the whole entire side, I'm like doing what looks like peaceful. Frame assembly. There's like a grinding, drilling, hammering going on. And my friend's like, you want me to stop? I was like, you know what? Just keep doing your thing. I've already started. And so I just replaced the audio for the whole second half of that movie with just canned music from the iMovie app. And I usually speed it up and slow it down, just play it around. And I picked a song that the Wood Whisperer uses. I so noticed that. A lot of that. people <laughs> say to me, a lot of people are like, are you making some sort of commentary on the Wood Whisperer? Like, why are you using his music? And I absolutely... Purely coincidental. I had no idea that he used that music. Um, and the reason I thought of that to bring that up is because you talked about like dramatic movie sound effects. There's a couple of folders in there that have like really cool, like, dun, 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 you know, like stuff like that in the mm-hmm. iMovie folders in the, and then the, the, uh, the Final Cut Pro folders that are a lot of fun. I started playing with them this summer and I got to remember to use them more often. But that's the whole, that's the only way everyone's like, Oh, is this music now? You've changed your format again. Like I just put music in it because I had no other option as far as audio was concerned.
0: Don't change, Jimmy.
1: Didn't music you learn not, anything? Don't change. I can't. I'm not allowed to grow. <laughs>
0: um. Before we go, real quick, I just noticed that like while we were recording, the Autodesk Design Academy, who did the, the helmet playlist that I was talking about last week, just posted like... Uh, 20 videos <laughs> or something oh, wow. a like all there. of a sudden but there are a lot of really basic um, fusion things about modeling basic bodies and turning a drawing into you know a, a 3D model and stuff so I'll really? link that in the notes might be useful cool, cool. Um, well I guess let's thank our Patreon supporters uh, especially Make Build Modify Luis Gonzalez um, thank you to them and everybody else who supports us on Patreon. Thank you
1: guys, it's thank you everybody
0: Awesome, it's helping us that support is helping us cover a lot of the costs that goes with uh, the Boston event, which I mean, I have to say we're really grateful because we're actually getting a lot of that for free you know, the we're not having to pay for the space and all that stuff, but there are still costs that go with it, so uh, the support from Patreon is awesome, thank you guys yep.
1: Thank you all very much
0: We,
2: uh, on top of that Somebody was asking us how to make a one-time donation, and we do have a PayPal link on the website. Hmm. If you wanted to do that, I'm not asking anybody to make to give us any more of their money, but if you wanted to, there's a PayPal
0: link that, where you can do so. That's true. Um, <clears throat> oh, also, I someone was asking about parking for the Boston event, and I checked on that today, and I'll tweet about it as well, but I wanted to throw it out there that apparently parking – in Boston in general is just really hard to do. So the suggestion was to um, you know leave your car at your hotel and try to take transit or walk or something to the space because there's just there are some local parking garages but we have no control over those. I don't know, you know, any of that stuff. So that's parking. You
1: guys got anything else? Just just look at how dramatic the sun is on my face. It's super
0: dramatic. Yeah.
1: <laughs> the sun is going down where I am that's all
0: (laughs) took a screenshot so we can show everybody how dramatic it is (laughs) (laughs) cool that's it for this week guys um we'll see you next time happy anniversary oh yeah you too
1: love you guys